0: Hello and we're back again. Episode number 17. Hello gang. Hope everybody's well. I'm feeling much perkier this week uh, than I was last week uh, for many obvious reasons. Um, Main one today being I'm going to say I'm going to mention the weather. It's beautiful and sunny. There's a gentle breeze. I've been out for a 5k run today which doesn't sound a lot but when you're getting to my creaky need old age that's not so bad Uh, and I did it in a really good time. Anyway it's been a good start to a day and also is going to be it's not my birthday today but i'm having birthday drinks with some friends uh, in a pub in new cross in london and it's all very casual but it's going to be lots of fun to have lots of great people together so i'm really looking forward to that so it's all good positive rather than sticking start starting off a negative which i probably have done a lot of recently but you know that's just the way the world's been anyway this week Um, I have a wonderful guest, Pamela Naidu. I'll tell you a bit about her in a moment. But I have to say, uh, this week is uh, is quite a... I hate to use the old cliche, girl power, but it's very much a girl-powered episode. Girl-powered, shall we say, episode. Um, A very, well, cisgendered, female-orientated episode. Um, And I like that. And there's more to come. Uh, More women, I hope. Uh, I've got... I'm trying to... Well, arrange some interviews with some uh, really exciting people down the line. So um, keep your ears peeled for those. Um, it's just quite refreshing. I, no offence to all the men that I've been chatting to; they've been wonderful guests. But it's quite refreshing to talk to a lady, and uh, it was loads of fun. And I think you really enjoy Pamela. Um, before I tell you any more about her, just a reminder to subscribe if you can. If you're just listening, I know I've gained a few new listeners. Again, the US, thank you so much, the US of A. You are incredible, um, and thank you for all your uh, your love and uh, and your likes, and keep coming back for more. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. And that's to the world as well. Thank you, everybody in the world. I'm not just—it's just because just I've noticed a lot of extra listeners. I was going to say viewers, listeners from all over the US. Um, I guess there's a lot of people there and there's a lot of space, so that's why I get a lot from there. Um, obviously, avid podcast listeners. So hello, everybody. And hello, everybody in the world. Australia, Malaysia, all sorts of people have been jumping on... I don't want to say a bandwagon because I'm not a bandwagon, but jumping on the... Jumping on the fun train. Matthew, really? Anyway, so episode 17 is with Pamela and I do and uh, she is an Amazon number one bestseller and her book the number one bestseller is called Just Friends The Ultimate Girl's Guide to Male Friendship Just Friends The Ultimate Girl's Guide to Male Friendship and I can recommend it I've been reading it myself uh, obviously for research and actually really enjoying it I'm going to go back uh, tomorrow and uh, I'm going to bury my head in it for probably for a couple of hours Um, Pamela is lovely. She's interesting and she really knows her stuff. She's a friendship expert as well as being an author. Um, She used to be a chemical engineer. I'm not going to tell you more than that. (laughs) But I've been reading the book and there is something in there for everyone, regardless of your gender or your sexual orientation. But I'll let Pamela speak for herself and explain herself to you. Um, She's great. She's she's lovely. lovely and uh really positive energy um briefly a slight negative general election general election has happened um it's all been a bit well it's been all over the place (laughs) uh my mind and the minds of the nation but i recorded uh my interview with pamela and then we both i think we mentioned we both went out and voted after that um it's now two days later and the thing is it's all been picked through and dissected by everybody in the media on social media on Facebook I've done it myself um, so I don't really want to say too much about it but I will say um, is there are some negatives but I think those negatives are going to self-combust on themselves that's my main thought um, just google uh what's happening the coalition and i think we won't have to endure this particular coalition for too long Is my hunch um i'm not an, i'm not an expert but i think the nature of it is it will implode upon itself if it's not already doing so anyway However, the biggest and most positive thing is the 75% of 18 to 25 year olds who turned out to vote. Now that is positive. That is amazing. And you know what? That really gives me hope. The future is starting to look a lot brighter. People, young people, actually caring, going out and giving a shit. It's wonderful. So that's been such a positive positive things come out of it um my sister noted that uh, the night before the election she had a conversation somebody knocked on her door it was an 18 year old girl and she was just checking whether she was going to check in my sister was ready to vote and uh, she was working for I don't even really need to say the party but she was working for one of the parties and uh, canvassing not working for uh, canvassing on behalf of and just checking that uh, she knew all the facts that my sister knew all the facts 18 years old going door to door brave in London um, but also just so commendable so there we go so many positives there are so many positives and as I say there is a lot of negative stuff but I I don't need to dwell on it we've given those people enough time we've given a certain woman she is the opposite of girl power what would that be I don't know but she is and we know who we're talking about and I hope to see the back of her very soon. Anyway, that's the end of my unpolitical party broadcast. On to recommendations. (laughs) So this week, I have, uh, well, obviously, well, obviously, it's not obvious at all. I always go to Netflix. You think that I spend my whole time just sitting indoors, watching TV but I've been trying to be really good and look after myself and run and so there has been an aspect of spending time indoors in the evenings rather than just going out even though I have wanted to and we had a couple of nights where the weather was really stormy and strange and it got a bit chilly again anyway talking about weather move on so going back to Netflix I discovered that Orange is the New Black has returned and I've only watched the first episode of the new season and I'm so excited. I love the show. And some people have critiqued it for not being realistic, but it's not really about that anymore. Um it's just a great character-driven drama and comedy and and, and a lot of drama. A lot of drama. But anyway, I'm so glad that's back. And I'm not going to tell you much about it because again, I don't try to not do spoilers. So that's been my that's my recommendation for television for Netflix anyway. So jump on that one. And if you haven't seen any other seasons, then you should go back and start at the very beginning. Because it's a very good place to start. Anyway, I digress. Um, So the track, and it is a track this week rather than an album. Um, I haven't had time to delve into albums. Particularly, I've been listening to a lot of the stuff I've already um, given you recommendations for. And I'm having to go back and actually spend a bit more time kind of listening to those. And obviously, uh, I've been quite busy. And so it's just been on. Uh, back and forth and whilst I've been doing the washing up. And between that and podcasts and watching Netflix, I don't have time for a life. Anyway, so the track this week is called Swirlk. S-W-E-R-L-K. Swirlk. What a great word. And it's a track by M-N-D-R and the Scissor Sisters, who've briefly reformed for this track. And it's a track that they've created in conjunction with uh, Glad, which is an American LGBT rights group. Um, and Swelk stands for Swish, Work, Twerk, Twist, Swerve. Swish, Work, Twerk, Twist, Swerve. Brilliant. And it is very clackety-clackety. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a drag track. I suppose is the best thing. It sounds like a drag track, um, and it's one you could um, you could uh, Vogue to. You could do ballroom movement too. It's brilliant. Anyway, the best thing about this track is it's to benefit the Pulse nightclub victims. Um, all the proceeds go to a fund called the Contigro Fund. I believe it is. Um... And I'm going to quote here, and they offer financial support to organisations working to heal, educate and empower LGBT, uh, Latin individuals, immigrants and people of colour, as well as those working to end all forms of bigotry in central Florida. So it's for a really good cause, but the track is a new anthem. It's a new anthem. Um, Obviously, we've had Let's Have a Kiki which is a massive gay anthem in the past from the Scissor Sisters but say they've re only for this one particular track because Jake Shears, the singer, is uh, touring solo and is to release some solo material which I'm looking forward to discussing with you down the line. But anyway, um, it is an epic dance track. It's brilliant, it's fun um, and it's called Swelk. M-N-D-R and the Scissor Sisters. So that's my music and then uh finally well not finally because I've got a couple of things to say and then we'll get on to the interview um just to say we're coming close to the end of the season of season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race and this isn't a spoiler but I just want to say because I haven't really uh, mentioned it my favorite because I know a lot of my listeners from every walk of life are fans so I'm just going to say who my favorite at the moment is before we get to anything final and my favourite has been throughout the season has been Sasha Valua. I loved Eureka as well. Um, they've probably been my favourites, um, but I'm hoping Ms Valua is our winner. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, as far as my podcast is concerned, I'm looking forward to lots of really uh, exciting guests ahead. I've got a really, I've got another great guest coming up next week who I think you people will very much enjoy listening to um i'm going to ask everyone to vote for me on podcast land again very soon podcast land being the uh kind of the charts and i did work my way up to number six in the podcast land po- uh, podcast land podcast chart um and i'll give all the details uh of that next week because I've disappeared off the chart for now which is well I've disappeared off the top 30 I don't know where they don't actually publish the rest so I don't know where I am down past that but I'd like to get back into the top 30 and maybe back into the top 10 so I will ask you wonderful people to help me out with that Um, and also next week um, is getting closer um, the details of the show that I'm going to be doing at the Greenwich Theatre in London UK so especially UK listeners London listeners um, I will be giving all the details of that and also just for people worldwide, so you know what it's all about. Um, it started to seem very exciting, and I'm looking forward to moving into that world again. Um, and Greenwich Theatre is one of my favourite theatres to perform in, so I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, lovely people, thank you again for listening. So why don't we just go the hell in and meet Pamela Naidu? Pamela, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Matt
0: you're welcome now pamela Naidu, um who is the amazon number one bestseller for the book just friends the ultimate girl's guide to male friendships so pamela um let's just do some real basics first of all so um where do you live in the world where did you grow up in the world
1: so i was born and raised in south africa it's uh, where I completed my university education I studied as a chemical engineer and I immigrated to the UK in 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 around 2010 uh, after an opportunity I had as an engineer in 2006 and I loved it so much and uh, London's now my home
0: great um do you miss anything about South Africa weather perhaps
1: weather and family the most i'd say and um, i think you know when you live abroad you tend to bond with your culture on a a different patriotic level than when you are actually at home so i I do miss a lot of things about being in south africa
0: and um just kind of jumping straight into well you were a chemical engineer Mm -hmm. how did you go from being a chemical engineer to being a because uh, you're also a friendship expert and that's mm-hmm. kind of where you went into to to, to to writing this book how did you go from one to the other it seems like a huge leap
1: yes so they both very strong passions of mine and I grew up um, you know with two brothers uh, and uh, I, I didn't you know my mom and my dad of course and I think mm-hmm. I guess to, I, I think I started to think a lot like a guy from a young age, but still very girly-girly in, in my ways and my in my demeanor, if I can put it mm. that way. Um, but, you know, I chose a career that I absolutely love, but it's also a career that's, you know, filled with a lot of guys. It's, it's very, um, you know, it's, it's one of those environments where I think maybe I, I it suited my personality and I enjoyed maths and science, so it, it took me right into, into that field. Um, mm. And equally, friendships have been a part of my life from the day I could remember, like it's just been such a big part of my life. And these two worlds collided when I had enough, you know, experiences and exposure mm-hmm. to working with men. I could now, at a time where platonic friendships are becoming the fastest, you know, social interaction on the planet. Um, this was a really? great time to. It is the fastest social human interaction on the planet, uh, at this uh, as we speak, okay. and. Um, and, and, and you know, my girlfriends kept uh, prodding me about, you know, how do you, for my entire, you know, for first of all, as long as I can remember, my friends always asked me about how to make friends. And there was going to be a, a book on friendship based from my own very successful experiences. But over the mm. last couple of years, and when I lived in London, I realized there were lots of us, you know, women who were single at that point and you know, all our friends have, you know, live in different countries or, or have moved on or have kids. And we you know, they struggle to make a lot of genuine uh, male friends. I mean, making female sure. or same-sex friends were, were easy, but trying to now explore opposite sex friends became uh, slightly more complicated, and it wasn't that straightforward. And so they kept saying to me, um, you know, how, how, how is it that you've done it? So after many, many pub conversations and a lot of push from my friends, <laughs> this was my first friendship book, and uh, I'm so glad, in a way, because it ultimately fulfills my passion of, you know, connecting the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, did you so- Training-wise, um, d- did you go into a period of kind of studying, just studying writing? From from that, did you?
1: um So writing was more uh, the byproduct of what my passion was. It was sure. a, a tool to communicate to the world. This is what I. This is a great message. I want the world to know this. Yeah. And it was only a tool. It wasn't that I actually enjoyed writing, and then found a topic. It was actually I had something I wanted to tell the world world I wanted to get on the stage and tell the world this is some great stuff I know and I want to share this with you. Yeah. So that's where the, the writing book came from. And obviously it took a lot of time and energy uh, in terms of working with some best selling authors to try and uh, learn as much as I possibly can to write a book that's worthy <laughs> of people wanting to read it, that it's solid, that it's you know, it's got a good scientific yeah. basis. And also, you know, um, working, learning a lot in that journey of writing as well, uh, understanding my audiences, doing, you know, working closely with surveys and target groups and, and friends uh, to develop something that's meaningful for my audience. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a combination of, you know, years of um, my experiences plus social science research and uh, the support of the network I had.
0: Yeah, okay. No, it's just um, it's quite, as I say, quite a quite a leap, and I think it's quite brave of you to be learning on the job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Technically, that's what I did, and uh, I think uh, uh, you know any you know there was um, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell said you know ten thousand hours is all you need to become an expert in anything, um, and right, uh, yes. I, and I think that that's that's so true. Anyone can become an expert in anything they so desire uh, within themselves, and I strongly believe sure. that.
0: Um, just because I've been doing a little bit of research into you and your and your background, um, you you worked with a lot of kind of learned people in your research stage. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can just take it back to the basics of that, kind of the ac- academic take on friendship, how does a, a functioning human being like ourselves <laughs> create? <laughs> or nurture a friendship how does it start what's the what's the kind of basic what's, science of that
1: right so when you look at friendship pattern through the ages the word friendship actually you know enters our vocabulary at the tender age of three and right. that's when we're on a playground and the friendship there's no expectations there's no barriers but we tend to become friends that people people that look just like us so, you know, females, you know, it seems it's, more, it's always targeted towards same-sex friendships. That's mm. just the way we're inherently wired. We will go for something that looks like us. Yeah. And then as we move into our teenage years, we, our friends create our identity. So we rely a lot on our friends to um, create an identity for ourselves. We, we need them. We don't create an identity by ourselves. We need our friends to create that identity for us. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's a great stage. This is when we start to explore opposite sex friendships. But we don't explore opposite sex friendships. We, we, we explore opposite sex interactions. And so mm. the line between friendships and, and romance at that age, when you're a teenager and a young adult, is very grey. You, you, mm. you, your mind and your body can't tell whether it's friendship or romance so mm. you struggle the most with that and then as you step into adulthood we naturally tend to go for same sex friendships because it's an almost social norm it's what's very accepted and it's what we've been used to from childhood so it just okay. gradually moves into uh, wanting to be friends with people that look like us, that act like us and uh, that's where we end up
0: is there an element to uh, also of, of, of safety um, w- with having uh, same sex friendships? Is th- is that part of it as well?
1: Absolutely, um, absolutely, Matt. Uh, safety is a big part of it. Being around people that think like us, uh, you know, you know, uh, when we when we make opposite sex friends or when we interact with opposite sex people, we. Um, challenging ourselves a little bit because they see the world <laughs> slightly differently and then we've got to readjust our thinking to be able to compensate for that. Not mm-hmm. very much in everybody's comfort zone and all of us have different comfort levels. Um, but same sex, we all know what to expect and even same gender orientation, I suppose that goes the same for mm. them as well. That we know what to expect from the interaction and hence sure. it's safer.
0: Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I mean, I've uh, just to say to my audience, I've been reading the book, and it's uh, a, a, as a gay man, there's a lot there that is completely relatable. Um, you're just changing the the, the gender in mm-hmm. sentences, and that's as simple as that. But um, but but reading the book, I, I kind of very interesting to to ask you this question. I, I certainly know in my career as an actor. Um, and in the work I do, I quite often encounter other new gay men going into a a scenario where there'll be myself and another gay man who Mm -hmm. uh, are thrown in together and the expectations of other people usually, I suppose it is on both sides as well to some degree, but the expectations in the room are that either we're going to be bezies and uh, sitting down watching RuPaul's Drag Race Every night together for the rest of time, or we're going to be a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and your thoughts on that, and why that, why does that happen?
1: Right. So your experience around that is no different from, say, two uh, opposites, heterosexual people coming yeah. together. And I tell you why that is. It's it's media. It's the first one, uh, mm. and the media's played a wide role into developing how we see the world around us. So in terms of there is no examples in Western media of two people of the opposite sex that actually remain friends from beginning to end. They will mm. attempt a romantic partnership or end up in one. Highly mm. influences how we move as a society. And as a society, we, when we see two people of the opposite sex or two gay guys, we have a certain social or cultural script in our head. We have a very defined script. We know what the expectations are, and we assume that this is going to lead to something more than just friends. It's hard for us to accept that two people who might be attracted to each other and form a romantic partnership, that potential exists. So it's hard for us to say, oh, maybe they just actually are interacting as friends, and this could go in so many different ways, not just a romantic partnership. So I think largely the media... Influences in the way we think when there's attraction involved or the possibility of romance, mm. and two, we are running a very, very defined social script in society. For instance, you know, same-sex friendships uh, and r- romantic partnerships, whether they between gay men or uh, as heterosexual people, sure. uh, it's the same. It's the same thing, and um, you know, we know what to expect. We know once we move into a relationship. Uh, we need to stay committed. We know we're exclusive. Mm-hmm. We know we hang out together so people in the audience around us know we we're a team. We're together. We're wanting more from this togetherness. And uh, we know what the rules are. that's that's mm-hmm. the key. We Everyone knows how to play this game. we We know what how to behave and we be with uh, opposite sex people who might become romantic partners and we get married and you know we have kids or no kids or adopt children, whatever we want to do with our lives. but, the rules are so clear for us and um it's not just it's not just the the media but it's also partly when romance enters the picture it you know it, it instinctively from how we're wired and what we want from relationships in life play a big part in that as well
0: yeah no it's it's fascinating that you know it does it works universally um with with same sex attraction and and opposite sex attraction that that's those those rules are there and um, it, it, it's just something that's come to mind as I'm talking to you now um, going back to kind of the initial stages of friendship and identity uh, at school I've talked mm-hmm. in a previous podcast of my own that I remember uh, one of my earliest memories is being at school in the in the playing the dressing up box we'd have a box of Clothes mm-hmm. to play and kind of create identities. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, we weren't told that we were creating identities, but that was sort of exploration of that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would always choose to be. I'd see the the girls being the princess, mm-hmm. who would win the heart of the uh, of the hero, who whichever mm-hmm. child had chosen to be the hero, who was usually my best friend, mm-hmm. and I would be jealous, and so I'd develop this character of uh, brother cousin of the princess so i'd be mm-hmm. sort of pr- prince in waiting mm-hmm. and that kind of now now talking to you about that that's sort of dawning on me now that that i was kind of playing out some trying to work my way in there
1: oh absolutely i think you're absolutely you you're totally right on that point i think when you're trying to aid- generate your identity you would use because you, you don't really have enough information to work on when you're a kid. yeah, uh, and and internally you're, you you know you you're struggling to portray being something else um, mm. and uh, you're trying to form this identity and you use what around what's around you to to work with that or even fight it.
0: No, it's it's just it's it's just wonderful that you've given, given me an insight into myself already. Just <laughs> so oh, thank that's you.
1: Right. <laughs> our friendships, um, our friendships are so. On that note, and is, even when I yeah. was studying the subject, as just when you thought you know a lot about a subject, and then you go into the details of the science and uh, the background and how we're wired, it just opened up a whole new world of understanding. And it yeah. was incredible to have that. It was incredible to to learn so much on, on a journey, even for myself, the insights about why is it working, why is it not working, you know? Sure. So I can see where you're coming from.
0: No, thank you. It's fascinating. <laughs> um, for, for a day-to-day for you now, because obviously you've written this book, and um, you're also, you, you coach people?
1: I do friendship coaching, and yeah, I am probably the only friendship coach in the world, and so I'm told regularly as well. Right. So my focus is... Only on friendships and I help people develop meaningful friendships. I mean Friendships are so important from a scientific point of view and a psychological point of view for our everyday lives It creates it. Mm. Is, every research shows that it leaves us to happier more fulfilled lives a very wholesome life and in a world where we're working with each other continuously we should be learning how to understand and communicate with each other and if we're not investing in in that then mm. you know we we're, we're underrating we're underrating ourselves and the potential we have as human beings so my friendship coaching is based around um helping people make friends be it same mm. sex or opposite sex friendships i mean my area of expertise is, is largely opposite sex friendships and then you know moving into when I mean, there's attraction in to opposite sex friends and how to deal with that because that's all part of the landscape But Mm -hmm. friendships are a big part of my, you know, part of my study. And uh, I coach people into how to create meaningful long-term friendships and uh, how to sustain them, how to work with negative friends, how to deal with conflict in friendships and uh, how people through friendships lead a more fulfilling life.
0: That's interesting that you... How to deal with negative friendships. Mm -hmm. Because we all have those moments and those... Well, those people who... Uh, yeah well sometimes you're told you should sort of uh, flush out the toxic and um just out of interest what what just mm-hmm. i'm asking you a huge question to 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 simplify down into a, a couple of minutes but what's the sort of basics of dealing with somebody who i i'm using the word toxic what how do you what do you do what you do? It?
1: Yes, I think it's important to understand why they're toxic. I mean, mm. there's different reasons why friendships tend to dissolve or diverge. And, you know, we meet, just to give you a quick background into how we connect, we usually connect on, on similar activities and interests. Great bonding uh, gel, yeah. similar activities, but they're not enough to sustain a friendship. So when those activities diminish or diverge, the friendship goes down with it. However, when you share a similar moral compass, then and you have a similar um, you know uh, insight into morals and codes co- code of values then the friendship mm-hmm. forms a, starts to strengthen and it sticks because of that not because of activities that we do but although we might share the same moral comp- a similar moral compass and a same mm-hmm. set of values a similar set of values we can't get them all in the same because at the end of the day we're all individuals and sometimes there comes a point when we just can't negotiate on how we see the world. Uh, but first price is, is ensuring that are we on a similar moral compass level? Do we have similar values? And people mistaken friendliness for you know for being for making a friend. Friendliness has got nothing to do with making long-term friends. It's got right. friendly because you could have it's all about you know having a, a similar moral compass and a shared value system. Um, mm. that ultimately sets the benchmark for every friendship. And I don't think we understand that at the beginning. Um, and we might use the friendship for other purposes, and that's fine because we all have acquaintances and they pop up in our lives at different times. And, you know, there are certain friends that go, you know, go out and have a great time, certain friends I know, they're here for life. You know, mm. Different types of people on different levels. And I th- the big difference in terms of conflict in when it comes to friendships is differences in expectations. So two people in the same friendship, have different ideals and realities about what they expect from that friendship. And yeah. hence they find it difficult to, if you pull all the layers down, it's the, it, it is the it is exactly that. Different needs, different expectations from two people in exactly the same relationship.
0: That's fascinating. I feel like I'm doing therapy with you now, so I should be paying you <laughs> lots of money for this. But, um, <laughs> the... the uh, the thing of uh, of kind of, I've never, and I think a lot of my listeners, I know some who are people in my world, have discussed the the fact that they'll go into a friendship with a different expectation or not know, you don't know, you don't discuss. Very rarely do mm-hmm. people, two people sit in a room and discuss. Right. So we're going to be friends and this is why right. those expectations clash. And actually hearing that kind of from somebody who's studied the whole thing is fascinating to because to, to, yeah of course it makes complete sense
1: yeah and uh, you know and our needs change too so our friends change as well so when mm. i was single i would say and um, we should be okay with chopping and changing and adding new people and changing the lot as we go along we should mm. be we should be okay with that as human beings we shouldn't be hard on ourselves about holding on to to people it's about understanding where they sit. for example i'll give you my own personal <laughs> example um, mm. You know, uh, I'm in a relationship for the last couple of years, but before that, I spent the last four four years mainly being single and enjoying being single. I've just come off a long-term relationship. And mm. when I was single, uh, you know, the basis for the friendships was as a single woman, because we had a lot in common. We were both, you know, looking for Mr. Right. We were all looking for Mr. Right. So similar goals, similar objectives, mm. and they're still my very good friends. Still now, they were my very good friends. But over the four years, you know, once that goal of was achieved for me personally, then some of these friendships struggled to sustain themselves because the common mm. activity was gone. And I would say I'm more like, because I'm prepared for it, um, and it's probably because I understood friendships from a young age as well, that I was more prepared in terms of saying, okay, we don't really have that much in common beyond just going out and having a few drinks together and socializing yeah. and a bit of company beyond that that pub doors these two lives don't have much in common right
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: if that makes sense and i think that's where we struggle is that maybe sometimes we hold on too tight and uh, you know our friends want different things and you know it's time to say you know for that area of my life i've, I've chosen people that work with me towards a specific goal and right now we don't really have that so you know there's other people in the world that would Wanna be my friend, and uh, it's yeah. we're all free to choose. And so, at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 a very fair game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting because I know myself. I do kind of spend a lot of time and energy in my other f- sort of friends I've had for many years. Sometimes have suggested that I spend a little bit too much time nurturing uh, new friendships, and and people say that I have uh, quite a wide group of Hmm. friends and that sometimes i should be a bit more selective but i'm i don't know if it's kind of i always feel like it's family for me and i think actually this is something um again to relate to my audience that is gay well i I can't speak for the whole lgbtq community but as far as gay men and my friends there is an element of uh nurturing and and safety and kind of growing your own family Mm -hmm. from your friendship group because not everybody has the family to turn to I mean luckily I personally did my family was supportive but I think there's a lot of people who don't or don't feel comfortable and that having the ability to create a family environment within a friendship group it sort of steps over the line a little bit and um, I I, I suppose lines do get blurred
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I I think it's important to understand why our motivations for friendship are very important. Everyone's got different motivations for creating friendships. And we really understand why we interact with certain people and why we want to, you know, why we want to hang out with them. But Mm. the the motivation for wanting to be around somebody, it it needs to be understood. You know, if you Mm -hmm. understand why, why, what value can you bring into another person's life, then you're in for making lots of friends. You're into making loads of friends, but if you're in it to say, what is it that this person can give me, if you're taking away, then people tend to get that very quickly. Like if you're emotionally Mm -hmm. needy in a friendship constantly, people tend to recognize that you're taking more than you actually are bringing to the table. When I'm a big believer, when it comes to meeting new people, that firstly, they get 100% of my trust and respect. They get everything. They mm -hmm. get... They, they get the open-minded person, they get all my trust, they get all my respect and I'm not afraid to be the first one person to be vulnerable or share more or just take that first time. But it has okay. never once left me feeling vulnerable or um, you know or agitated. Sure, there were yeah. moments thinking putting yourself out there continuously is one of those one of those things where I'd say uh, most people are most people are too afraid to take that risk. But yeah. we're all not that different. We all want the same things. I mean, if I just walked up to you in a room and started a conversation, when I mean, what are the chances of you saying, I don't like this conversation? You're disturbing sure. me. The chances of that actually happening is slim to none. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, so, no,
0: no, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead to uh, kind of t- talking about directly about some issues dealing you deal with in your book. Um, now, if you could tell me um, if you think the idea of friends with benefits, how that initially, how that works with a with a cisgendered straight man and woman, um, and then perhaps we can relate it a little bit more to how that that translates to uh, to LGBTQ people.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I can talk from the perspective of two people where the potential for attraction yeah. or romance yeah. exists, and then we can eliminate the gender orientation, and then it sure. applies to everybody. Okay, yeah. so, uh, friends with benefits. Mm, the most talked about topic in terms of human interactions on the planet at the moment. The fastest growing human interaction is opposite-sex friendships, and right beside that is friends with benefits. Uh, it's becoming Mm. increasingly popular it's basically having um, you know um, intimacy physical intimacy with a friend Uh, it's not your casual hookups it's not people you don't have a relationship with this is dealing with people you actually have a friendship you've established a friendship and Mm. the reason why it becomes so complicated is because um, you have common friends you have a friendship at risk and it's a temporary holding pattern. So where to from here is the next question. Again, understanding friends with benefits is, you know, uh, it, it's it, that's basically what it is, but it's also understanding what friends with benefits is not. That's probably the better definition mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. friends is. So adding sex to an existing friendship will not move the friendship to a relationship or a romantic partnership. And I think a lot of people... And in straight uh, heterosexual friendships, Mm -hmm. women tend to be more susceptible to uh, developing feelings over the course of the relationship uh, when you are having physical intimacy with another human being. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that's where the confusion comes in. And then you decide you want more because nobody wants to be in a commitmentless relationship forever. Mm -hmm. So a friend of benefits is the best of a friendship and you know sort of the best of a relationship but without the commitment and responsibilities that these relationships demand
0: sure so would you say then that uh, so the the scientific evidence is that women are more prone to um to to fall
1: to developing uh, feelings,
0: to, to develop feelings, but then a is that just nature?
1: That is just nature, and there's many reasons yeah. for that from a scientific perspective, also. Um, and um, you know, one of the big reasons is women, woman, you know, generate um, a hormone called oxytocin. Actually, both men and women generate oxytocin.
0: It's okay. the cuddle,
1: cuddle hormone, and it's right, okay. the hormone that makes people. Uh, it's the hormone that's, you know, that's raging between two people when they meet each other and they start to fall in love. It's the Uh one that creates connectedness. But this hormone is really powerful, so powerful that it helps a woman during childbirth believe that after what she's been through, she can still love this little being that almost took her life. But not just that, it is even more powerful because it also convinces her that despite you almost losing your life or having child number one, <laughs> you are prepared to go again. So it keeps <laughs> right. the survival of the species alive. Yeah, right? Yeah. Men generate testosterone, and that's how they guarantee the survival of the species. Women generate yeah. women and men, men and women both generate oxytocin and testosterone, but men generate exceeding quantities of testosterone and women generate exceeding quantities of oxytocin. During lovemaking, for women, that oxytocin is is released at immense quantities, and that hormone is really powerful. And that's how we tend to form uh, emotional bonds with someone we're sleeping with, or develop that connection. Uh, So, you know, unless both people know exactly what they want from a friends with benefits relationship, that it is, you know, it is not exclusive. Like you're free to meet other people and it's all, you know, we're just sleeping it yeah. with each other for physical intimacy and we've just come off a relationship and this is great and it's temporary and, you know, the other person is seeing other people and you're seeing other people and everyone's okay with that, then yeah. it can yeah. work. <laughs> but there's a lot of variables yeah. to think about before you yeah. decide that can work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I. I, I this kind of again this kind of veers me off into uh to to, uh, to my world is that um friends with benefits kind of well i mean obviously in my pattern my history mm-hmm. and certainly with a lot of my gay male friends is that some of my best friends have been boyfriends mm-hmm. and uh, two of my most endearing friendships come from uh from relationships that didn't work out but continued and have been uh, worked much better as friendships mhm and and that's something i don't see uh in heterosexual uh relationships i haven't mm-hmm. seen and maybe i i just have friends who are a little bit close to i don't know but um it, that doesn't seem to happen
1: okay so um let me see if I understand this,
0: this I've is... thrown a lot out there at <laughs> you <year, one laughs>
1: uh, so is this staying friends with someone you've been in a romantic partnership with after that yeah. romantic partnership has ended yeah, yeah. okay so um, in terms of straight people that happens a lot as well and, right. uh, and the reason why we stay friends are different for different people again we all have differing needs and even amongst the um, homosexual community or the gender orientation, varied gender orientation community, Mm. people are feeling. So there's reasons why we want to stay friends with someone we've been in a relationship with. Some of those reasons uh, are, you know, fear of losing someone we've been in a relationship with and have built a connection with. Um, Some of them are just, you know, you're on the rebound and you're recovering from the relationship. And a lot of these couples, who even after they've been they've, they've, their romantic partnership has been dissolved, will still continue having sex with each other because they crave that intimacy, especially women. They crave the same intimacy that they once had with their partner. Mm-hmm. But mentally, you know, people are at different places and want different things from their friendship. So if you're coming out of a relationship and you know and starting to establish a friendship, then by definition, that friendship should should be pure companionship and you know it yeah. shouldn't have elements of flirtatiousness or or passion then that's a pure friendship however if there's still elements of that floating around then the you know there's lots of reasons to believe that the motivation for their friendship is not to you know it's not it's not on the same playing field
0: yeah going back to that same thing of uh, not being exactly in the same place and and people coming at it from different angles yeah
1: I would want to say on this point, which I think you've raised a really, really important part, a point when it comes to friendships. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if former romantic partners, you know, can redefine their relationship as friendship, then it means that when we make friends with other people and we move into attraction mode or where we get friend zoned and we start to develop feelings for our friends or we end up sleeping with our friends just remember that it can all be reversed you can all come back to being friends again
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely yeah and i think Um...
1: we might underestimate the power of just rebounding back to a friendship and you know anyone can develop feelings at any point in the friendship for someone they spend an incredible amount of time with that's mm-hmm. normal, and that's what we need to accept when we make friends we could have potential attraction for. You, if we learn yeah. to accept that this is this is this might be coming our way, then we're more open to making friendships because we're not afraid of taking that risk. We're open no, to saying that this could go anywhere. but also understanding that if it did go anywhere, that never underestimate your potential to bring it back on track.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, I think that's something so there's a, I, I was uh, mentioning to you before we started uh, recording was that, you know, I say I have a lot of uh, ladies who listen to this. And so, you know, that's something to for everybody who's listening to take everybody perhaps log in there. Everybody.
1: Um,
0: absolutely. I'd like to uh, explore a little bit now. This is sort of uh, the, the relationships between gay men and straight women i believe you you probably have a a, quite a wide varied group of friends yourself from Mm -hmm. every sector
1: uh, Mm -hmm. of
0: uh, communities but why do you think the reason these friendships work is it i mean there's a this sort of theories that i've always had are that there's kind of a removal of threat
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um and competition Mm um these are things I'm not as studied as you so it's just kind of things that came to me and there's no there isn't the uh the competition for partners uh, boyfriends husbands um removing the potential for the competition and whether is it just a simple fact that gay men and straight women allows both sides to kind of enjoy company of the opposite gender without any sexual attractions to complicate it so Ooh, what are your thoughts on that again? I just chucked a box over your head and said, "Go."
1: Well, um, there's no substitute for life experiences, there, Matt, and I think you're absolutely, absolutely right in terms of uh, how you've perceived the situation. Um, and you know, deep within us, we're all wired for three things: survival, uh, protection, and reproduction. You know, mm. um, that's the only things we fight for from our, our, our nomadic ancestors. So those three things will always raise instincts within us and how to behave and how to you know uh, how to react in situations. And like you've said, when it comes to a gay men and a straight woman, immediately we're not the competition's gone. We're not mm-hmm. our our you know our uh, what can I say our goal of possibly, you know, reproduction, even even though I know we live in a new age and we have a right to choose whether we want kids or not have kids, mm-hmm. but finding a partner, that's that competition is gone. And so we also inherently know that this person, this gay person, and, and, and the other person being straight, is mm-hmm. there's no, there's the, you know, the risk of this person developing an attraction for yourself is gone. So essentially that interaction could be considered a same-sex interaction concept. It's, you yeah. know, you have yeah, similar, yeah. you have similar uh, views on how you see the world. You might even like the same things. And I know it all yeah. sounds very gender stereotypical, and um, but there are certain, you know, we still live in a society where we gender stereotype that men love sports mm-hmm. and women love baking. That's obviously, you know, that's that's there, but it's not there in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if we present to the fact that when we meet, uh, you know, a d- different gender orientation. We might actually find a lot more in common with them than finding somebody from that own from our own group. So, two gay guys um, wanting to be friends. You know, there's now you know possibility of romance, and then there's competition. Mm-hmm. You know, apart from the similar interests you've you've just mentioned. You know, those two yeah. and those two, I would say, quite define why we get on so well with each other.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to say that and, and uh, shout out to all the ladies in my life is that they're? Uh, my sister is my probably one of my best friends and, 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 and the, the moment I look forward to in the pub, that moment in the pub is being outside and trying to give up smoking, but being outside mm-hmm. with the ladies, having a cheeky cigarette and catching up on life and being mm-hmm. able to just get everything out my system mm-hmm. and just have a good moan is wonderful,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And I think knowing you're with someone who genuinely sees you as a friend, without thinking they may have an inkling of uh, an ulterior motive, that's pure mm-hmm. friendship. And um, yeah, you know, that's pure companionship at its best. And you know, is just super rewarding really good for who you are as a person. And I guess when we feel comfortable that the other person doesn't have these hidden agendas about us, then that's how true friendships begin. Uh, even yeah. if they're opposite sex friendships and if we remove the element of attraction and it's been handled or controlled, then a true friendship starts to emerge.
0: Be- yeah, I was going to say, I suppose it's, it's complete honesty and complete truth because there's no barriers. And yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, just uh, jumping back to the book again. Um, I'm going to quote you. You say that uh, you think that platonic friendships between straight men and women um, are becoming the new normal. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why? Why is that happening?
1: Right. So, in in, right. So, in the 1970s, it was almost rare, an exception for two people of the opposite sex to want to interact with each other. And mm. the big reason for that is gender equality. So we're now doing the same roles in society, we're taking women are taking on the same job as men, playing the same sports, we studied together. I mean it wasn't long ago before, you know when I did engineering, which is not even long ago, um mm-hmm. and there was just four girls in a class of 55 guys. Um mm-hmm. again, you know, those were fields were 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 very male intense. And nowadays, you know, just switching a couple of decades later, or just a decade later, and the, the landscapes change. So gender equality has empowered women to do, uh, to do almost the same things and given the same opportunities that men do, so, which means mm. we now interact with each other more than ever before. And in a world where we're doing this, learning how to understand and communicate with each other is, is vital, is key to harmonizing that coexistence between men and women.
0: Mm. so it's kind of necessity that's that's that that's that made that occur
1: absolutely it's no longer an exception it's it's almost the rule yeah yeah so um, you know no, yeah term. and and and, and I'd also say that uh, you know we've got we've, we're also fighting internal wiring systems and you know we're, we're fighting stereotypes but ultimately what the research shows is that as human beings we are way ahead of the race we're making it work we're mm-hmm. going out there we're working with each other we're trying to avoid sleeping with each other and everybody and you know keeping attraction yeah. at bay we're, we're trying to make it work so we might need a little help every now and again but you know uh, once opposite sex friendships become the new normal and uh, two people can interact with each other without feeling like every you know there's a strong um, a strong, um, can I say pressure to become more yeah, than yeah. that. I mean, there's also two people might just really want to be friends with each other, but they also have a lot of pressure from their friends and family and the people around them to be more than that. Right, um, yeah. uh, so, I mean, I've had that as well, where people were like, Oh, one day you're going to end up with him, you know, or <laughs> why isn't there more? I mean, you guys do everything together. Why, why, why what, what's stopping being more? But there's a lot of reasons why there isn't more. And sometimes that pressure, you know, makes it very hard for for these two people to have a meaningful friendship. So, yeah. but as, as we're, we're catching up very quickly as a race, we're, we're playing this game very fast. And I'm hoping that media is going to start showing more real-life examples, show more real-life examples of how two yeah. people can stay platonic. And yeah, sure, they might ha- attempt a romantic partnership, but they can manage and work through that and carry on with their lives as separate individuals.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, out of interest, something that just come to mind again is, uh, since you've written this book and you've been out promoting the book and talking to people about it, have any men have been intimidated by by um, you and your and your insider's knowledge, shall we say?
1: I, I think men were felt so empowered <laughs> reading right. the book because they just thought, I think girls need to know this. I think women need to know this too. You know, right. because I fairly represented both sexes, and when I wrote the book, I put in the caveat at the beginning saying the whole book is to help women. So let's yeah. not let's not be let's not hide behind silk curtains and say this is yeah. not what we do. This is what we are. This is generally how we behave when we're together. But I'm saying keep an open mind when you read the book because we're going into a whole new territory. So yeah. it's seeing past. It's going you know walking through what's in your way of making guys as friends and going through each of that. And um, we, I, you know, I take a deep look at us as women and what stops us from getting what we want to achieve or what's mm-hmm. in the way of that. And you have to be really honest with, with ourselves. But there's also a section in the book called the single guy's point of view. So I haven't, like I've represented yes. them really well. And, and that entire section was constructed by a large group of males. So I've written the section, but it has been you know, really constructed by inputs from a lot of uh, youthful young males uh, and how they saw what women thought about them. Um, And I put that in the book. And the reason is so women knew how men were thinking. And I think, you know, constantly in my book, also trying to remind women that when guys want more than friendship, that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't really get too fed up with the situation because when we get fed up, it stops us from making more friends. Uh-huh. Just be empathetic that, you know, that urge that men have to want more than friends, you know, is a primal instinct. Yeah. It keeps us all alive. Yeah, you yeah. You know, and it's the, you know, we need to be sympathetic that they are, you know, exerting a lot of self-control sometimes to remain platonic and yeah. uh, to keep the friendship at bay. So, you know, we don't want to make that harder. We don't want to make that harder for them and create confusion and all sorts of other feelings. So where we can help, we would, we would help. Our opposite sex friends know for sure verbally and physically and through body language, and all sorts of various mechanisms I go through in my book on tools and tips to ensure that we try and maintain the friendship from a platonic point of view. Um, in, you know, and it's 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 no, it's not um you know a light bulb moment when someone starts to develop feelings for, for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, the first time when I was I think 16 or 17 years old, when one of my good friends said to me. Uh, that he started to like me and Mm. I was completely taken out of the blue. Like it was a bolt out of the blue because there was no, that expectation did not exist and I wasn't prepared for that. You know, secretly I liked the fact that he was, that he fancied me, but... You were flattered. uh, Flattered, very flattered. But coming out and confessing it as a whole host of, I was not sure how to (laughs) deal with it at all. You know, dealing with, you know, and then telling someone that I just want to be your friend. You know, it just... Just got to remember that how this makes, uh, the, how this drives the male ego as well. But there are yeah. ways, and there are very constructive, proven techniques to have long-term formidable friendships. In my books, you, nearly every friendship is is recoverable um, yeah. into a platonic state, and um, if you if you know uh, if two people are willing to work at it, and uh, and, and the book is designed to empower women and enhance their friendships or uh, building their friendships. And so, you know, there's – on my – I've got a lot of guys reviewed the book as well, independent reviews, yeah. on Amazon and, you know, .com and .co.uk. And, and you'd see there's guys reviewing the book saying, it's about time someone said this to women.
0: Right. That's, that's – I, I, I actually go and I'll have a look at the reviews afterwards because I haven't actually read any male reviews, so I I, mm-hmm. I, I should – delving there it's fascinating opens up a whole I, I, the funny thing is i can actually hear you talking to a friend of mine a female friend of mine who needs to read your book i can just <laughs> everything you're saying is answering a set of questions that have been touched on over and over again in that pub <laughs> moment with the cigarette outside and i, I think i know what christmas holds <laughs> brilliant <So> thank you <laughs> um just a couple of other things um later in the book you talk about the friend zone and and mm-hmm. giving advice on on uh, how women who's been friend zoned by a man um the kind of the unrequited thing how they restore uh platonic friendship the kind of equilibrium with that said man because this is definitely a situation that i know that gay male friends of mine have had with each other and could you perhaps without kind of spoiling too much and giving too much away because we want people to go out and buy your book but mm-hmm. um, Kind of a couple of tips to helping to restore your mind to that platonic place, perhaps. Hmm.
1: So I think, uh, firstly, it's always about establishing: is that true? Is is what you're seeing around you uh, mm-hmm. true? Does your friend actually fancy? Because sometimes it's very easy to blur the lines. So we need to eliminate some of these, you know, um, these check boxes. Uh, you know, we can get carried away when our guy friend starts to do all sorts of things for us. And then we start to believe he likes us and he's thinking, well, we're platonic. So you know, we need Mm -hmm. to get that box out of the way and ensure that, um, is he just a friend? And you know, in the book I reveal a flood checker, which goes through all these points so you can confirm. (sighs) that this oh, yes. person is yes, just a yes, friend yes, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. it's it, the you know it's very uh, i've written the whole process very methodical um very <laughs> epimological sequence from the top so the flow checker you go through all those points and you know some of these points include you know asking mutual friends or does he do more for you and also if you initiated sort of fake dates um
0: mm-hmm.
1: how would you respond to to that um and, you know, there's, there's a lot more tips going on there. So first, it's about establishing what the other person wants from the relationship because you, I'm assuming, you want friendship. Um, and, and then working out what's the best way forward. And the best way forward, you know, is, there's a variety of things you can do in terms of once you've established that. Sometimes we just got to accept that the feelings go away, that, you know, they mm. happen, they come up, and then suddenly they die off. Um, mm. You know, depending on how long you've been in the friendship and, you know, the, the, the state of play has changed, you know, that gives you an indication of whether this is more than just friends. And then um, about having these open, honest conversations. And in the book, I, I, I give you constructive ways on how to create these conversations so that they're sure. meaningful to both, part, to both people and they both people can leave with something, feeling empowered and feeling that they have the space to to feel this way and they have the space yeah, yeah. to come back and correct it and they're not feeling judged about the situation
0: fabulous that's brilliant i th- i i i, I you you're selling cop i can hear you selling copies i can see people <laughs> reaching for their computers as they listen to this I, genuinely i'm i'm not even joking
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great i mean it, it's uh, you know for me the more people have the book in hand my life purpose is uh, feeling fulfilled and uh, it really Completely. isn't just about the sales. It really is, you know, one person's passion yeah. to get on stage and and, yeah. and spread spread the message. And also, yeah. you know, with the age of, you know, social media, and I think I've got a whole chapter on social media and friendships in the book. Sure. Not, you'll come across that. And why I say why building meaningful long-term friendships might be your best investment yet, um, mm-hmm. because there's so limited when it comes to virtual friendships and how we should use virtual friendships to empower existing friendships. So I've taken, you know, I've I've done a lot of research into the limitations, but also how we can make real friendships work from social media friendships.
0: Right. I think, uh, yeah, because, I mean, that's another quagmire um, Mm. for some people is just how to to, to manoeuvre yourself through that world and kind of what's genuine and what's not genuine and what's worth pursuing and what's not worth pursuing and... Yeah, I th- so, uh, again, that's a huge help for a lot of people, I think, so from wherever in the world you are. Um, so, Pamela, this is the fun bit now. Not that it's not been fun, <laughs> but this is the really fun bit for you now. Uh, this is kind of something that I've been asking all my guests, um, and I've stolen this from a TV show called Inside the Actor Studio, which is one of my favourite shows, and uh, this gentleman sits and uh, just throws these questions at, uh, at Hollywood <laughs> names, and uh, they have to kind of think off the cuff and it's just a bit of fun, so uh, <laughs> okay. just go for it, dive in. Um, <laughs> and my audience is really enjoying it. So, first of all, I'm not going to ask you what your favourite colour is, but I am going to ask you, what is your favourite word?
1: What is my favourite word? Hmm. Um, I think... My favorite word is. Oh, I have to think about this really quickly. But I've noticed oh, yeah, a phrase. Nice. I, I've noticed a phrase that I've used quite often, which is "you know." Um, <laughs> I, 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 for some reason, uh, you know, uh, I think that's my leveling statement for people to get them onto my level, uh, yeah. or, or me onto their level. So I think "you know" is by far my favorite expression. And I say yeah. that only because I didn't know I had that <laughs> until I started <laughs> talking in, in, you know, in the public arena, and I didn't realize. Mm, I didn't know I had a favorite. Uh, Set of words, but there you go.
0: It's so true. No, no, we we all do it. And uh, do, do, do you know? Do you know what I mean? I know. I said. Do you yes. know what I mean? A lot. You understand the question at the end of? But no, no. You're so okay. That's brilliant. Okay. So, what's your least favorite word?
1: What's my least favorite words? um <laughs> hmm, Least favorite word. I know. I have a lot of them. <laughs> uh, there are some words that just annoy the shit out of me, um, uh, but I just can't think of them right have now. Have a think, but and I...
0: I'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his uh, third one: what mm-hmm. excites you creatively, spiritually, or and emotionally?
1: Connecting people.
0: Yeah. I was I,
1: say. I, I, it is connecting people. There's something when I watch, you know, when I have brought two people together who never. Knew each of each other before, and when I'm mm-hmm. in a social setting, and watching these two people from two different parts of my world get on, and then carry mm-hmm. on that beyond me, like they don't need me to have that connection, they're yeah. building something on their own. Love that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get you on that one. I'm, I, yeah, I, 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 I sort of have pat myself on the back a couple of times seeing that happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I have to say, especially at the moment, the way the world is, and all the troubles we've had in the last year and longer but it's just i think again and i'm sure you agree is nurturing friendships is more important than ever um so yeah so keep up the good work <laughs>
1: thank you and coming back to my least favorite word i think you oh, yes, probably yes. mentioned that in this in this talk show i think it was quagmire my there we go. Yeah, that was it. And one of my other favourite words, and probably I only have one favourite, but is the one you've used as well. It's the one that I've used in my book, um, uh-huh. which is um, uh, unrequited. Uh, and it's such a powerful uh, word. <laughs> I realised yeah. it in the, in the tone of friendships. And it was a new word that was so carried so much meaning about being, yeah. you know, unreciprocated love. Um, yeah. Such a powerful word that that one word carries so much meaning. So there oh, you completely.
0: go. Completely. And in, in, in relationship and friendship terms, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, this one, if you don't mind, your favorite curse word? <laughs> um,
1: that was interesting question. Um, I will probably go for, um, probably fuck, yes. i I'd probably say that in a moment of intensity. Favorite, oh, uh, absolutely. Favorite.
0: yeah. Uh, I think that rather be
1: it. I mean, I, I try to avoid saying it, but I also know when I do say it in the moment of, um, you know, like, yeah. if, you know, as a curse word, that I'm probably feeling oh. a lot more better about myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a couple more strange ones and then we'll, uh, we'll tie up. But um, what sound do you love the most? And my example was I love the sound of uh, a dog snoring or a cat purring. Those are my favorite particular sounds.
1: Oh, I'd have to say it's the sounds of the ocean. Absolutely uh, love it. And um love it so much. I even YouTube the songs. Uh, I guess growing up in a seaside uh, town um, and being close to the ocean was a big part oh, of okay. my life growing up. And so uh, th- those sounds, you know, I, I love it. Even if I'm having a bubble bath and seaside sounds, crashing waves. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That's it.
0: Wonderful. And so therefore, uh, what sound do you hate?
1: Oh, what sound? I, oh, there's lots of sounds I hate. Um, You know, one is um, a slippery fork and knife when eating. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, just, oh, you know, it's just, it doesn't matter whether you're doing it or someone else. It's just as annoying. There's um, I mean, no. no apology uh, suffice for that sound. You know. So that would I, be I my was, most irritating get, sound.
0: I used to get told off for that when I was a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, And then, final question, and I should let you go out into the world. We both have to go. Well, are you you able to vote today?
1: I am able to vote, yes, and I will do. Wonderful.
0: So, we both have to go out and do that soon, I'm sure. I haven't (laughs) done it yet.
1: Exercise our constitutional
0: right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And the final question is, um, or final couple of questions. One life hero, somebody in the public eye or even closer to home, somebody who. Uh, as a teenager perhaps um, that may have followed through into adult life somebody that you've always admired somebody who you look to in times of trouble to kind of for emulation or just just kind of general that's the spirit I want
1: Hmm. yeah that sounds very cliche but I have to say that's my dad I think he's been the real hero because he was a natural coach if that made sense so he didn't have any psychological background but he was so well read and he just has the answers to everything in life um right and i'd love to say that the you know if it's a public figure then i'd probably say no to mandela because again it's a figure uh, that's very close to my heart and a vision that he sure. stands for um and you know how he pushed through for a passion you're so you know so for something you're so passionate about what should go to to make sure that oh. you 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 know you leave the world and you leave a legacy behind. It's just incredible. So, from a personal wonderful perspective, and, you know, I I probably look at them too constantly.
0: Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, and then the last one, and then I'm gonna let you sell yourself to the world. Well. Um, <laughs> the perfect male friend, as a celebrity, if you had to pick someone who would be a good oh. companion as a friend, one straight. And one perhaps gay person, if you can think of them, off the top of your head. Uh, at
1: the top of my head. Okay, so I'd say Steve Carell. Ah. Because he's just so awkward and so much fun. <laughs> and he just plays awkwardness in every single movie uh, or show. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible. So I, I could hang out with him all day long. And, and then... I have a massive
0: crush on him. I have a massive <laughs> crush on him.
1: I don't blame you. He's just he's so much fun to be with. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, he, you know, the character comes out on screen. Yeah. In terms of gay celebrities, I would say yeah. um, I'd go for the, um, the English diver. Is Tom? I forgot his name. Um, oh, Tom Daly. Tom Daly. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. yeah I think it, you'd, you'd, you'd probably he probably keep you in check and you would be eating all the right things as well yeah
1: I'd now. look good <laughs> you know he's famous I'd look great continuously and also think you know it's it, you know when you're out there like doing an Olympic sport and so many sports require masculinity and you know you're out yeah. there you're being you it's genuine yeah. you can't you can't fake that kind of stuff
0: no completely he's a, he's a, he's been a, a really strong role model for lots of people i think Yeah, good on him i i he's a a good chap now last but not least um where can my audience first of all they connect with you on social media and your website
1: okay so my website is um, platonicplanet.co.uk and within within the website is all my social media links you can catch me on facebook at uh, the platonic planet instagram the platonic planet and um that's my, my social media links yes
0: yeah. And finally, where's the easiest place for people to jump in and purchase the book? Because I know they're going to be going straight so, from this to um,
1: so one the of the book, places I know. Yes. Uh, so, so the book, Just Friends, uh, The Ultimate Girl's Guide to Male Friendships is available on Amazon worldwide. Um, so that's where you can go ahead and purchase the book. Uh, there's also links from my website, but if you go straight onto Amazon, Just Friends, um, Pamela and I do, and you'll be able to find me immediately. Um, yeah, it'd be great if you, you know if you buy the book and leave a review if you do as well, that that's very that's yes. super useful uh, for future buyers and it also gives me feedback on what you actually think about the the, the material. Um, I'm
0: this, going to do exactly that myself.
1: Oh, perfect. Thank you, Matt. And also, you know, um, I'm, I'm not sure this is a good place to say that, but beyond the book, mm. uh, we have friendship coaching, which I think is a bigger, Yes, uh, it's a bigger it's a bigger brand uh, than the book itself because you know the book starts and ends and I want to make sure people get what they want from this, and yes. um, we can work on all sorts of packages to make sure you get the best experiences. And it is it is new friendship coaching is fairly new, but I can guarantee it's 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 super rewarding. And uh, yeah. you know, if you're really struggling in that area, it's never too late to start getting a few tips. And even if you know you get the you know you get the initial consultation for free, and we can work at what you want. And I can almost promise you, your life will never be the
0: same. Wonderful, and that's also Platonic Planet as well.
1: Yes, PlatonicPlanet.co.uk.
0: Perfect, Pamela. Thank you so much. It's been refreshing. I've had a lot of male guests, <laughs> and it's been so wonderful. To chat to a woman. I have to thank you. You're my first woman on, so. Oh, thank brilliant. Yay. So
1: I get the first woman award. Yay. You do,
0: you do. <laughs> Amela Naidu, thank you for being a wonderful guest.
1: Thank you for having me.